May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was Abraham Lincoln, the former American president, who said of prayer, I've been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. As we come to this cathedral church today, we come as individuals with our own experiences of the past week, maybe months and years, but they're all focused together in this one moment, a moment with God. And I don't know about you, but that drives me to my knees in prayer. Today, in word and sacrament, we see prayer coming together in what is a divine and profound act, an act of prayer, one of the many outworkings of prayer in our lives, daily and weekly. We see from our gospel reading today, prayer is not a one-off, but a daily act that we all take part in. I would want to venture to say that, in fact, for the Christian, prayer is the breath that keeps us alive, keeps us spiritually present in the daily tasks that we are given to do. So, what does that look like for each and every one of us gathered here today? Well, there are two headings to hang those thoughts on. Firstly, prayer is modelled by Jesus. And secondly, prayer is to be participated in by us. Prayer is modelled by Jesus. And as we look at this passage read for our Gospels, we see that it is a regular thing for Jesus. And it was a regular custom for a rabbi to teach his disciples a simple prayer which they might use daily. John the Baptist had done this for his disciples. Now Jesus' disciples came asking for the same for them. The reading in Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer is shorter than Matthew's account, but it teaches us all that we need, that we need to know about prayer and what to pray for. For the prayer covers the whole of life. Firstly, it covers the future and the present need. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. It teaches us to pray for our daily bread, but it only teaches us to pray for the bread for today. Jesus was pointing his disciples back to the Old Testament, to their heritage, to their time in the wilderness when he gave them manna, but he only allowed them to collect each portion for the day, as we see in Exodus 16, verses 11 to 21. Only enough for the needs of the day is what we're to ask for. We're not to worry about the unknown future. We know it's there because Jesus has told us that his kingdom will come but we are to live each day at a time. 
Secondly, it covers our past sins. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone indebted to us. When we pray each day, we ask for God's forgiveness. For as our, one, our confession has said, for all that mars God's image in us. For the best of us are sinful. And we need to come before a righteous God who is our eternal judge. But also, he is the judge who has paid the price for sin. So if we are to pray for that, then we are also to give that to those who mar their image in our sight. We are to do that for those who wrong us. And should we not want to do that even more willingly because of what Jesus has done for us? And thirdly, we are asked not to, Jesus not to bring us to the time of trial. The Lord's Prayer also helps us to think and pray about future, future trials. The word temptation means any testing situation known and unknown that awaits us in our daily Christian walk. It includes far more than the mere seduction to sin. It covers every situation which we will be challenged in and tested. It will test who we are in our integrity and our fidelity in Christ. We cannot escape these temptations and trials, but we can be ready for them through the work of the Holy Spirit, prayed for daily. All of these things we see modeled in the Gospels as we read Jesus' life and see how he lived it. So if that is the case, prayer then is to be practiced by each and every one of us. It was Martin Lloyd-Jones who became the minister of Westminster Chapel in 1939, a post he was to hold for some 30 years, who said, Prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul. Man is the at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. Of all the blessings of a Christian salvation, none is greater than this. We have access to God in prayer. In recent weeks, I've had the privilege of walking the journey of life and death with Doe Craig Wilde, who was one of the first women to be ordained priest here in this cathedral church in 1994. Doe died with us at St. Luke's Hospice, where I'm the chaplain. As I prepared her funeral address, a friend of Doe's sent me an article that Doe and Peter, her husband, had written and appeared in the Sheffield Grapevine magazine some 18 months ago. And in the article, Doe said this, As a young adult, I felt the calling of God. It was like falling in love. And at one point I considered becoming a nun, but such thoughts went out of the convent window when in 1979 I met Peter in the college library. Doe went on to say in the article, 
Peter was reading a copy of the Scottish Journal of Theology at the time. Before long, Peter went down on one knee in a Birmingham wine bar and asked me to be his wife. The phrase, it felt like falling in love, has not left me, I have to say. The gift of falling in love is a very emotional and very gripping gift. And for Doe to use it in the context of a relationship with God set my mind thinking. Do I give to God my love in the same way as I do towards those who are close to me? How would you do that, you may be saying? Well, prayer is one of the ways in which we manifest love. We have love for fellow human beings, and we show that through our words and through our actions. Doe went on to say in a message that she left me to read at her funeral, My relationship with God changed in the last parts of my journey, like all relationships do, but not my faith. Trust me, look to God, who is good, and do not be upset at my death. Prayer takes on different forms from that of thanksgiving and confession, prayers of anger, distress, and confusion. There will be times where we don't feel like or are too angry to pray. But does that not sound the same as any human relationship that we have with those whom we love dearly? Is it not the same for our relationship with God as well? But I need help, as I do with all of my relationships, to keep my conversations with God going. I need to work at it time and time again. And one of the strategies that I have found helpful in these last few years would you believe, is the use of modern technology. I use one of the many prayer apps that are around today on my mobile phone and tablet. Each day, people I pray for appear in the app with the information that I've taken from prayer letters and from things they've said to me. My family is spread through the week, and I remember those people in prayer as well. There are photos of these people and the churches that I pray for, also in the app. Within the app is also time to pray through the Bible readings of the day, which are set either by using the Church of England's Daily Worship app, or through my Bible reading notes, which sadly don't come from Barbara, but do come from Scripture Union in an email each morning. For many, that sort of technology maybe is one step too far. But maybe a notebook, a pen, and Barbara's Bible reading notes will be the gift you need to talk with God in prayer. Or maybe it needs to be as basic as one man's advice that I read about while preparing for this address, who asked his friend to help him to be motivated in prayer. He told him to sit on a chair with an empty chair in front of him and to talk to the chair as though Jesus sat there with him. This worked for him, so much so that he loved to talk to Jesus for at least two hours a day, he said. He did point out, though, that you need to be very careful 
and not to let the family see him because he thought if they saw him talking to an empty chair, they might call for a doctor. But maybe that's one step too far. But what about the use of art and space, the use of an icon? For many years I found a postcard that somebody had brought me from St. Paul's Cathedral of Jesus, the light of the world, standing there knocking to be very helpful to concentrate my prayers. There are many, many ways of bringing that prayer to life daily. It doesn't have to be stale or something that we have to think we have to do. It is not easy and is often confusing, as the rest of the, of the reading tells us. But maybe we often think uh, and pray like this child once said, Thank you for the baby brother, but I think you got confused because I was praying for a puppy. So as we continue this service of prayer, word, and sacrament, and as we move into the week and the rest of our lives, let us take to heart Jesus' words to us in the Gospel reading found in verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And maybe with me, you will continue to ponder daily what it really is to fall in love with God. Amen.